Thanks for joining the Fisher's Life Podcast. We hope that what God is doing in our spirit-filled community will also bless you today. For more information, visit our website at fisherslife.com and enjoy this message by our lead pastor, John Hudson. Just kind of, I have conversions. (laughs) This is good. I still haven't got my blizzard, but we're getting closer. Um, Elections will be next week to vote on a new pastor. (laughs) So good to have you here this morning. Thank you for making the effort to be here on a uh, difficult day. And uh, obviously, there's a lot that could not make it. no roads are bad in different areas, but uh, it's good to see a great crowd here on the second Sunday of 2019. And the Spirit of the Lord is just amazing here again this morning. Thank you for your worship. Absolutely outstanding. Seems like um, since our service on the 30th of December when we had our prayer line, there's just a different dimension in here. And don't let that let that go. Um, God's doing just amazing things. Uh, couple things that we missed. The, the ladies are starting a brand new Bible study on, um, it's called The Voice of God, and that's going to be in February. And if you want to be a part of that, uh, you should know that phone number now, by now, 317-213-8400, and type the word voice. There it is. Thank you, men, for getting that up there. Type the word voice if you're interested. It's on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock, and um, my wife, Mary, is going to be doing that. And then this Wednesday night, because the flesh is strong. Is anybody else's flesh strong? This week, we've been working on the flesh, breaking it down and um, saying less of flesh and more of God. And um, for many, they've been fasting seven days, and today is the ending, or yesterday was the end of that. Um, some of you may be continuing on with us. We've decided to continue on and uh, move ours to the Daniel fast because I'm still just not satisfied. See, you can't let a fast be a program, and it can't just be a corporate event. It has to be, you have to have ownership. We're going to continue to take ownership of your relationship with God. That's the dyna- one of the dynamic differences of this church. It's got to be yours. And if you don't feel like your flesh is where it needs to be yet, that it's not broken, it's not... Amen. Then you need to say, God, i got to do some more. And uh, so that is your, your call, and that can be a different type of fast. Move it around or maybe uh, make... Uh, fasting now that you've you've started it a part of your regular lifestyle just say you know what I got to keep this thing broken down and we're going to continue to help you um, with that because I I just feel like we've got to still break something Um, I still want to break something I don't know there's walls there there, you know you're pushing against and so um, something that our church does very few people do Wednesday night, we're going to have a good old-fashioned foot washing service here, 7 o'clock. So that just meant a bunch of you just said, exit, stage right. (laughs) And I should tell you something right there. I need to get my flesh. I need to get my flesh. And as much as 
I'm, I'm just going to tell you, there's nobody hardly in this building that don't want to do foot washing more than me. I have this terrible fear that my feet, no matter how much I wash them, are going to stink. My parents made me hang my shoes outside the window after I'd play basketball because it is bad. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing this because it's, I want to punish you all. I'm doing this because I need God. And I'm trying to speak to him and say, God, I want your attention. I want your favor. Flesh, it is strong. Uh, today is communion. And uh, I'm going to bring communion in a little different uh, manner than I have in the past. Have you actually thought about the word communion? It wasn't what the day was supposed to be. If you remember, if we go back to the story, it was Passover. And Passover is what? It's, it's ritual. It's what they did every year. Are you following me? What we tend to do here every year. And so it can get to be the routine. And God wanted it to be anything, communion, to be anything but routine. It, it wasn't supposed to be. But the mindset of the disciples, the mindset of, of those who participate in, in Passover, oh, it is that time of year. We put it on the calendar. We, well, let, let, let's, let's compare, just for comparative, let's take Passover and Easter. What do we do? We get our nicest dresses. That's the one day, you ladies, you all wear the hats. In this church, this is the one day that there is the chance there might be a suit and a tie in this building. And we come and we have our nice little Easter service, and then we do what? We have Easter dinner, and we celebrate, and we have family and friends. Can I, can I put that parallel to the Passover? It's just one of those things that showed up every single year. But not this time. Not on this day, not upon this Passover. It was going to be different. It's going to be orchestrated because God, when He decides to move, when He decides to make changes, He orchestrates. And can I tell you, I just want you to know something. If God has decided to orchestrate, it's going to come to pass. When He speaks, it's going to happen. You, you just can't even stop it. And his, his ways are always absolutely amazing. I don't know if you realized in the moment that the disciples are there with Jesus and Jesus. Uh, you can look at this, this story in Luke chapter 2 at a later point. Uh, I, I don't want to go and, and catch that. But Jesus says, hey, hey men, it's, it's time for the Passover and uh, we, we need to celebrate. And I think the guys automatically went iconically to the way that we would go towards Easter. Oh, yeah, it's the moment. But then Jesus does something because he's the orchestrator, because he's the master of the ceremony. He's now, this, this is how I wanted you to do it this time. Uh, this time I want you to go to the city and there's going to be a man that's going to be carrying a jug of water. The first man that you see carrying this jug of water, follow him. Now, uh, now if I'm the man carrying the jug of water, I'm a little concerned. I'm just doing my thing. I've got my jug of water. I don't know why. Why are you carrying the jug of water anyhow? Maybe it's just like you're carrying around your, your McDonald's tea or whatever. You just got your jug of water. You got your Yeti. You're going down the street, and all of a sudden you start seeing a trail of men following behind you. This is not a comforting moment. Why are the guys following me? And so they, they, they continue to follow him. He gets to his house, and they interrupt him. They say, hey... Uh, 
there we were told to follow you and that there would be a, a room here prepared that we could celebrate the Passover. And sure enough, the, the man in the house said, yes, there is a room here. And yes, you can use it. I'm here to tell you when God orchestrates things, he puts people, he puts it all together for you. The room is prepared and they think Passover. But this is not going to be the normal Passover because Passover had just got this ritualistic place that we can get to. And God doesn't want ritual. He wants relationship. Can I tell you this, this 2019, God's not interested in your ritualistic Sunday morning. He's not interested in your ritualistic prayers. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to know you. He wants you to want to know him. From Adam to the apostles, it's always been about relationship. He created Adam and Eve for relationship. He didn't want uh, angels to worship him just because he created them to do that. He wanted someone that had free choice to make, make a choice to say, I'm going to be in relationship with God. I'm going to, ha- I'm going to, I'm going to be intentional. I, I believe God knew that Adam wanted to have that fellowship. So that's why every evening in the cool of the evening, God would go down and there would be this conversation. And I just get this, this photograph inside of me that just says, that God comes down and he's like, what did you do today? What did you do with what I gave you today? Can I ask you, what are you doing with what God gives you? Do you just go through the day and it's just, or are you doing something? And, and Adam is always just, oh man, God, I'm so glad to see you today. It's relationship. And there's conversation back before. Can I tell you that to commune, communion, is not a moment, it's a relationship. God is saying in this moment, I want a relationship with you. I want you to want to have me, and I want you to know that I want to be with you. He longs for people who desires to have communion with him. Might I suggest that what made David so great, what quality he had that brought this eternal lineage to him was not his perfection because he wasn't. It was his desire. One thing that I desire and that I might seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord, that I might see, have your presence. What David had that we must have as 21st century Christians is a desire for a relationship with him. That grabs God's attention when people are more interested in the social media and more interested in activities and movies and things. And then there's this person that says, I want to have fellowship with God. God goes, wow, wait a minute. This is, this is different. And might I suggest that as he comes and has the table prepared and the room is all set and the the men enter in and and the the food is ready, I, I see this as one of his most endearing moments. It's Passover. It's just before Jesus will go to the cross. And what... If you read the text, you will see is God earnestly, earnestly, I would put the word passionately, desired this moment. If I'm getting ready to go to the cross and I can do anything at all, and he can, 
And I wonder if it's a reflective moment because he's fully God and he's fully man. If in this very moment, he had spent the last three and a half years with what he wanted to spend eternity with. He wanted to spend eternity in the garden with Adam and Eve and his creation. He was able to go up and down and do that. And now he has this moment. He's come in flesh and he's been with mankind all this time. And now he knows he's just hours away from a cross. What's inside of his heart? A reflective can I, can I, what's the thing that you just like, man, I wish this would never end. I wish this vacation, I wish this moment could just never end. This has just been such an incredible day. This has been such an incredible week, whatever it is. Can I suggest to you this moment that this, when he's talking about this earnestly, gathering together, the thing that he says is, I just want to have dinner with my disciples. Communion is, is that dinner with the disciples. It's been such a great three and a half years, but I know in a little over 24 hours, 48 hours, I'm getting ready to go to the cross. And so if I can do one last thing, can I have dinner with my disciples? Can I just have a little more time reflecting? And if you look at the moment, uh, the communion does, doesn't come in. It isn't, it isn't the, the orchestrated right at the beginning. Okay, guys, glad you're here. We're going to do communion. They had no idea what it was. There's almost as if there's, there's, there's a pause. There's a silence. They come in and they're excited about what Jesus is doing. They're caught up. And I just wonder if Jesus is sitting there on the, the couch, the pillows, leaning back, just listening to the conversation. He loves his creation more than you can imagine. And he's listening to the chatter here. And he's enjoying the conversation here. And he's hearing who will be the greatest. And he's laughing a little bit at, about it. And he's hearing all the stories. And he's just soaking it in. Because you know what God desires? Communion. Conversation. Fellowship. And it's only after a little while. It says after. If you look in John at the story of, of this moment, John says it's after they had ate. After the, because you, you cannot eat without talking. Some people talk less and eat more. And some people, you, you know what I'm talking about. And some people talk more and eat less. They have jabber, jabber, and you, you've ate your meal, and they're like, you're already finished? Yeah, you've been running your mouth for the last 45 minutes. We haven't had a chance to breathe. There's been no oxygen in the place. Come on, you know I'm speaking truth. Jesus, can I tell you, still longs for communion. To commune with you. Not just corporately, but individually. He longs for that very moment. And so after the, the talking is done, he says, you know what? I'm getting ready to go away. But I want you to know something. What we're experiencing right this moment, will you keep it? And the conversation... And so now to commemorate, we're going to break this bread and we're going to take this cup 
as a remembrance of what's happened right here, as a remembrance of me that I was here and how awesome it was for us to be together. This is what I've longed for from eternity. And you don't understand it right now because you don't always get it. But I'm getting ready to leave and I don't really want to leave because this is what I've always desired. But i got to go away so I can come again. But when I go away, can, can you keep communion? Can you keep that conversation with me? Even though I'm not here physically, I'm going to be here with you in spirit. I'm going to send my spirit to you. And when it comes, then will you just make it a, a little sideshow of a salvation? Will you just make your little Sunday morning appearance? Or will you have communion with me? We're going to celebrate communion today. But in a much, much different way. He wants his disciples to know something. That my relationship isn't tied to you because you're perfect The conversation that day isn't perfect. Their actions aren't perfect. But God, regardless of where you're at, still wants a relationship, still wants communion with you. He's not like us. He listens to the, the two or three or four that are over here going, well, I am going to be the greatest. And I'm sitting on the left and I'm sitting on the right. But it doesn't bother him. Because you're just his kids. And he just loves to be around his kids. You forgot to do what you're supposed to do when you enter the, the house. You forgot to wash the feet. And, and so Jesus grabs the towel in this moment and, and washes their feet. But it doesn't, in fact, impact the relationship. He wasn't like, I'm so angry with you. I'm not talking to you anymore. Like I do to Mary. Sometimes I'm mad. Oh, sorry. Me and Mary are the only one who have that quiet time. God doesn't do that. He constantly wants to hear what you're thinking, know what you're going through, know your frustrations. He's not overwhelmed by your reality and your difficulties. He's not overwhelmed by your past failures. And at the same moment, he's going through all this. There is, there, man, we could just spend a year talking about this day. There is so much there because not only will he tell them does he show them by the, the servant and by all their things? But he goes, you know what? Every one of you are going to blow it. But I'm still here. Every one of you are going to deny me. Not me, Simon Peter says. Yeah, you're going to do it three times. Because there are people that need multiple grace and multiples of mercy. I would be one. Others are volunteering saying, yes, that would be me. And in this moment of communion, this moment of, of conversation, he's saying, look, it doesn't matter if your actions aren't always perfect. It doesn't matter if you don't get it all right in, in your thought processes and what you want to do and how you want to do it. And it doesn't matter if you're going to fail me in the future. I'm still going to want to be with you. I still want relationship. I still want fellowship with you. Can I tell you today, there isn't a person in this room, there's not a person in a jail, there's not a person in this world that God is not saying, I just would like for you to reach out to me. It's not God that disqualifies us. We disqualify ourselves. I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. I hasten to a close. I won't be long this morning. 
I ask God to talk to us about this morning every time that it comes. And I, I hardly ever preach it. seems the same idea because I know that God has so much richness in communion. And I have to be honest and transparent. It was just in a moment of time that God just stuck this word, commune, in my mind. He said, it's fellowship that I'm longing for. You see, we get caught up in the bread and the cup. But hear the heartbeat of God. Hear the heartbeat of Jesus in that moment. More than anything, I wonder if he just longed for maybe somebody to sympathize with him. He's flesh. And he, he spoke out the words, I'm getting ready to suffer. I'm getting ready to go to the cross. Can I ask you, how much of your prayer, I'm working on this, do you ever ask God, how are you doing? How are you handling this moment? How are you handling the ugliness of society? How are you handling? You see, this moment, he's fully flesh, isn't he? He's fully God, he's fully flesh. And in this moment, he's making an announcement. It's my time for suffering. But disciples almost miss it, don't they? They're so concerned about their problems and their situations that, Jesus, you okay? And maybe it was there. This is a hard moment. We'll be there for you. <laughs> right. No, you won't, won't but the, uh, the pat on the back, kind of like what we do. Somebody tells us their trouble. By the way, you, ever, you remember the old song, let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. I, I don't hear anywhere in that song, oh, let us have a little talk with my neighbor. Oh, let's have a look, talk with another Christian. They can't solve it. But have a little talk with Jesus, and it'll be all right. They couldn't have solved it, but just to be there. We, we know that's the case, because it's just a few hours later that he goes, come on, come and pray with me. We, again, what's he saying? Come and have communion with me. And he's, he's so grieved. I want you to see the humanity that he is, what? Sweating. Not, tea, not liquid water, but blood. It's an intense thing. And he goes back to his disciples, and they're sleeping. And he said, couldn't you just pray with me one hour? Can't you just sustain what we set up? Here at communion. Didn't you get the, the, the photograph? I want relationship. This cup and this bread is to remind you 
that I just want you. I just want you. If the men that have been asked will go to the back and prepare. He tells him that he's going to suffer. No empathy, no sympathizing. It reminds me of what can happen in any Christian in any of our lives. We can get so caught up in ourselves, in our moments, and forget the God photo. Do you believe God has destiny for you in 2019? I need you to raise your hand. Do you feel God has de destiny? Do you feel God has purpose for you in 2019? Yeah. Some of you have already began to, and you've got to pursue. You have to be intentional about this. Because the only way that it's going to happen is if, if, if you say, God, I want you to be in the center. I want you to be a part of this. And so we're going to take communion a, a little bit differently. Yes, you need the blood. And it's an acknowledgement that without Christ, we are nothing. But I, I want every person in this room this morning to feel comfortable. Men, go ahead if you're ready. Thanks for listening to Fisher's Live. Be sure to follow or subscribe to get the latest message every Monday.